Hello, welcome back. This is episode number 15. Um, they're coming thick and fast now, so I hope you're enjoying them. Um, I do want to say thank you for the reviews that you've been leaving. I really appreciate it. So this is the show where we talk to indie developers, and it's just basically a chat to tell us about their game. So hopefully you can discover some really cool games. Um, if you want to watch any of the games that we discuss, then please head over to um, the YouTube channel, which is just search Indie Game X on YouTube. You can do that. Uh, and also don't forget to follow on Twitch as well. You can watch the live streams sometimes of the interviews and sometimes of the games. So head over there, send me a follow or a subscribe or whatever that little button tells you to do. And that'd be wonderful. Thank you. So this week we have Yevgeny from the game Solar Sails. Um, now I actually did a live stream of this a couple of months ago. I think it was back in May. Um, it's July now if you're listening to this in the future. Um, so please ch you can find the video out on um, YouTube. So head over there and find the, the Solar Sails highlights video. It's pretty cool. Um, we referenced it a couple of times in the interview. So you'll find the link in the show notes. And everywhere else. You know the score. Anyway, as always, I don't like this to go on for too long. So let's just jump straight into the interview. And I'll see you on the other side again. Okay, so welcome to the Indie Game X podcast. Um, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us what your game is called. Hey, thank you for for, uh, for the welcome. I'm uh, Evgeny. I am basically, I stand behind uh, the solar sales game, which I'm going to talk about right now. And uh, so thank you for inviting me. My pleasure. It's been a couple of months, actually, since I've uh, originally discovered you guys, because I streamed your game, I think it was I think it was back in May, I think it was. It was quite a while ago now. Um, so I did a, did a live stream of your game, and oh my, that was a... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a... Oh, epic, I mean, I guess. <laughs> epic boss battle, I think I titled the video, because wow. Um, so we'll get into that, but that was a, it was a very interesting stream. It was great fun. Uh, so yeah, um, we enjoyed it. Yeah, it was it was very good. Yeah. Um, so solar sales, that's that's the game. Indeed. Um, so what is the? Give us an over an overview of the game. What what type of game is it? Um, and is there is it a story game or what's what's the whole deal? Well, uh, uh, first of all, it's 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 a space pirates adventure game. Okay, it's a top down uh, tactical action, uh, which is heavily centered uh, around the story. Uh, but, it, but also an action game. So basically, th there is a story that drives drives the game, but but the action is is uh, quite enjoyable, as as you have already seen <laughs> uh, by dying uh, kind of uh, more than ten times against the boss. Uh, so yes, the, the game is going to be uh, very difficult on action, but it's going to be rewarded with the story. Now, uh, what is the game? It's basically. Uh, uh, it's inspired. It's heavily inspired by uh, Treasure Planet and uh, uh, probably uh, Rick and Morty and some liter literature uh, like uh, uh, Call of Cthulhu by uh, Lovecraft. And uh, the game itself reminds uh, a mix of uh, Lovers and Dangerous Space Space Time. You know, it's a it's a local co-op game with um, probably a Star Control, like you know the the exploration thing. Mm -hmm. uh, originally, the game started uh, during a global game jam three years ago. Uh, basically, we had this idea to make uh, one one ship, one pirate ship, uh, controlled by uh, two players. Uh, while the ship has three three battle stations, the battle stations uh, were navigation, uh, cannon, and shield. 
right? Since there are only two players, the ship will never be at its 100% functionality. Uh, for example, if one player uh, controls the cannon and the other player, player controls the navigation, so uh, nobody controls the shield, and as a result, the shield uh, is more vulnerable. Now, if the player who controls the navigation uh, switches to the shield, okay, so he leaves navigation idle, and now the ship will be protected and will be able to attack, but will not be able to move, right? So it's always a trade-off. This was the, the core mechanic. It was, it was just made for, for a local call. Unfortunately, we didn't make it in time uh, during Game Jam. I mean, it's not a game you normally make in days. And um, so, so we decided to take it further. And we actually developed a good working demo uh, for, you know, uh, for PC. Control was the two uh, Xbox, Xbox controllers. Uh, and we, we presented it on some conferences and events. And um, in addition to that, we also sent the game to, to many people, you know, personally to play at home. And there was something, something really amazing happened. All the people who played the game at home, they were, they, they were like, uh, you know what, guys? Your game should be, should be a narrative game, should be a story, because there, there are good characters and you should make, like, you know, an exploration game for, for single player. Uh, now, there, there was some narrative, but it was like, you know, uh, a little bit of dialogue and some, you know, some basic characters, uh, mostly inspired by, you know, Rick and Morty and Treasure Planet. So th there wasn't really much of that, but it looks like people people loved it. So we decided to switch our focus from making a local co-op game to an actually uh, campaign, a uh, story game. I mean, I mean action game but you know more more like you know adventure and exploration uh, which meant you know we needed to, to add some content some campaign levels progression like you know you you can find some uh, alien technologies and upgrade your ship uh, fight the bosses you know uh, explore different areas different planets some weird alien races um so that's that's how we we ended up from making a uh, a co-op game into a single-player game. We still have that co-op, uh, but more like a feature rather than you know the the, the main core gameplay. Uh, okay. So that's that's in a nutshell. About wow. The game. Okay. There's a lot to that. So I've got a couple of points there. I just want to go over. At the start of the game, you, you never really had. So you didn't sort of come up with a grand master plan of the ultimate game you wanted to create. You kind of just sort of fell into the game idea and then expanded it when you realized that people were enjoying it. Uh, is, yeah, that, yeah. is that fair? Yeah, that's that, uh, this is it. We, we didn't have any grand vision. In fact, we want, we, we had, when we, we brought, uh, when we came up with the idea, we, we just wanted, you know, to make a game jam game. And uh, it's, it's very actually rare that, that people take uh, their game from the game jam and take it further. I mean, usually, you know, if you haven't been, uh, uh, in a global game jam, people forget about their games, like, you know, two, two, three hours after they, they present them. And this is uh, something that, you know, doesn't happen a lot. So, so uh, even, even after the game jam, we didn't have any, any master plan. We wanted to make a small <laughs> game 
you know, to, to make other people, uh, you know, enjoy it. Some of us actually were, were uh, like, you know, wanted to make this game for their portfolio, you know, to get jobs in, in the industry. And I also, uh, I mean, I was among them. I also wanted the game for my uh, portfolio. But as we went further with the game, you know, and actually, uh, at least, you know, at least the core team kind of fell in love with it. And uh, there was constantly that uh, other people pumping us, like, you know, this has a great potential. It's not just, you know, a small game. It can be a really good game if you, if you make it bigger, if you uh, put more time and effort into it, if you make something great out of it. So I think, I believe they were right. Okay, so so this uh, this whole idea of making a, a greater game, you know, came as uh, as as uh, we developed it, you know, during the process. Now, uh, of course, of course, I had some uh, uh, I had some personal goals here. I always, you know, wanted to make a game uh, with you know uh, with, with great storyline and narrative and uh, and you know some interesting world. So, you know, I kind of took the, the opportunity and uh, I think it, 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 it pays off. I mean, I can, I, can, I can go a long way telling you what kind of content we have in the game. You know, I'll try to make it short. Yeah. Well, okay. well before, you, before you head on to that, um, I just I really like the idea of the, the mechanic that you had, that there's three roles to fill in the ship or on the ship. And you only yeah. have control of two of them at one time. Uh, that's a really, really cool mechanic. I, I do like that. So, and I can see how that would work if you've got two players. That would work. You know, you're putting out fires all the time, basically, aren't you? Um, so, how have you transitioned that into a one-player game where you only have obviously one player and three roles still to fill? That's a good question. Actually, this is something uh, we haven't uh, solved 100 percent yet. Okay. But basically, the idea is that you you control uh, as a single player, you control two stations uh, uh, at the same time, while uh, you can't leave the navigation. So, for example, you control the navigation and shield, or navigation and cannon, and you can't abandon uh, navigation. Now, this is uh, this is you know probably uh, the most optimal solution, but it's not necessarily the best one. Uh, because you know sometimes uh, when you play single player, actually uh, abandoning the navigation uh, gives you more uh, more interesting mechanics, like you know, like turning into into stationary cannon, into, into stationary yeah, into turret. Yeah. <laughs> For example, if if you put if you put the shields on, and uh, if you leave the navigation, first of all, uh, the first effect that compensates uh, leaving the navigation is that your cannon. Uh, grows like two cannons uh, on, on its sides. So basically, you fire from three cannons, okay? And uh, and the shield, you know, it, it becomes a force shield which forms around the ship, okay? So basically, you become a fortress. And we actually call it fortress mode, okay? So, uh, so, so it makes it makes the development process and the, the UI UX uh, process uh, much harder. But I think it pays off, uh, you know, uh, for the players because uh, if we don't lock the player on navigation, a single player gives the player much more freedom. Uh, so as I said, uh, it was the op optimal solution, but not necessarily the best one. 
And this is something we're still trying, you know, to figure out and test a lot, especially when it, when it comes to playing with controllers. And <laughs> yeah, but, you know, with with uh, with mouse and keyboard, it's it's pretty easy. You have a lot of buttons, and you can just assign another button. And people are very used, you know, to the WSD and uh, and mouse, you know, Q E R F tab. There are so many buttons, and it's 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 pretty easy. But when it comes to controllers, things get more uh, more complicated here because you don't have so many buttons, so you have to be smarter with that. And uh, don't forget that you know this, the game is still play playable by two players, which means the you know when, when you when you are controlling just one station, it's easy, you know. But when you control two controlling two stations with with one uh, controller, and you know things get interesting here. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I, spent, I spent most of my time screaming at the camera, being chased <laughs> by, by chased by random stuff, trying to remember which station I had active. Oh my god! I mean, it's a real heart racer, isn't it? Game you can't relax in in solar sails. There's something going on all the time. <laughs> Actually, we are planning, you know, some locations where you can relax. And just travel and enjoy the world around you. This, this kind of places are more difficult to, uh, in, you know, uh, in terms of production because, you know, if you want if you want an area with less enemies and more like traveling, you need to make all your maps bigger and you need more content, more art, more environment. Yeah. So so basically, putting more enemies and making the game harder is usually production wise. It's it's more it's easier. I mean, mm. you know, game, you know, games like Dark Souls or Sekiro, mm -hmm. you know, uh, very difficult games. Actually, if if you if you go through through Dark Souls, Dark Souls three levels, you know, and you you know you count the amount of content, there's very you know very few enemies and very small locations. It's just the game feels long because you die a lot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, what do you mean you and, you die a lot i might not die much <laughs> well <laughs> okay i died a lot some people actually actually uh, really uh, get good in this game and they don't die a lot and, yeah. and, and that's what they say that the game is very light on content when when, when you learn how to play when, when you get good in in this game we see how uh, how how light it is uh, in content, and this is actually uh, production-wise, it's it's smart move. You know what I'm saying? When a game is too hard, when you die a lot, then you don't need much content. That's now, interesting. If, yeah, if your game is more like you know, like a Diablo, where you slash your enemies uh, right and left, and you know you traverse a lot, then then you need uh, you need a lot bigger environment, which is Production-wise, it's more expensive. Now, see, that makes sense now because a lot of indie games, I'm not saying they're too hard, but they're quite often very hard. And I've always wondered, you know, why do, why do indie devs seem to make their games so hard sometimes? I'm thinking, wow. And now it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now you know. But, but there's, there's uh, one more thing you can do. Uh, you know Hellblade? Mm-hmm. We played it. So yes. Hellblade is not is not a hard game, okay? But in Hellblade, you walk, your walking speed is very slow, okay? Uh, when you run, when you run, you know, 
it feels like you know like like the the, the, the normally walking in any other game so if your movement speed is slow then you don't need big environments oh cunning <laughs> that's very sneaky so hard bosses and slow movement that is the that is the way forward yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that that would be why. Now you were very generous earlier, and you said that I died over ten times on your boss level that I uh, I attempted. Um, spoiler alert: If anyone wants to watch the video, I died twenty-one times. <laughs> okay, <laughs> twenty-one <laughs> times it took me to kill your your uh, amazing boss. I mean, I absolutely hated it, but it was amazing. <laughs> Great animation. It was. It's a it, it's basically a without well, I can I can spoil the boss I can spoil one boss for you it's a a mechanical shark in space is what it is that is is a mean shark a very mean shark no, but it was great fun because I love boss battles I love boss fights every game should have a boss fight level. oh you'll see you'll see more of them we have some more more interesting bosses coming and uh, you'll probably enjoy them. Yeah, because I was putting a call out for I want a name. I need a name for the boss because I need to be able to swear at it. So we need a we need. <laughs> well, uh, what do I say? Uh, quacken. Does it tell you something? Kraken. Yeah, but quacken. Quacken. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, he's not. He's gonna not, be a kraken with a, a duck uh, octopus. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a duck octopus basically. Oh, amazing! I yeah, love it. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's gonna be. Uh, <laughs> It's going to be a big challenge, you know, in terms of development. We're still modeling it. And then we'll have to, you know, to to basically to, to program its uh, behavior. But it's going to be uh, one of the, the first bosses in the game. Amazing. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, so before we, before we go on, you, you, say, you say we. So you're not a solo developer. No. no, um, no so no. Who, who is the we? In, well, in, actually, uh, we, we're... Uh, quite a large team, okay, and with, with very very narrow uh, responsibilities, uh, because you know in in our in our realities many people are busy, so you can't really count on very few people to do to do you know a huge job. So we decided to to split you know to split responsibilities. Uh, so for example, we have a team of. Uh, 2D artists, a team of 3D artists. I mean, we actually have a few people in each of those groups. Uh, we have uh, two music composers, and one sound designer. We have a few voice actors. Uh, we have two writers, which is me and another guy. Uh, we have uh, for now two programmers. So uh, yeah, wow, we are... that is a big team. Yeah, yeah, uh, but of course, uh, uh, like you know, as I said, uh, people are working uh, full-time jobs so basically uh, we have like you know a few hours of commitment uh, weekly to for each uh, from each member like some 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 are less some are more some people uh, uh, don't really have anything to do for now but uh, they will I mean for example voice actors uh, we, we still haven't got you know finalized dialogue so they don't really have uh, much to, to record for now. Okay. You know, here and there a few lines, but but uh, that's it. They will have stuff to do, you know, as as we progress uh, through the yeah. development. Okay. okay. Well, and it shows, you know, because what I was playing the game, I said the audio was very good with the the boss. You know, as you enter the boss area, the, you know, the music changes and 
I won't spoil it, but there's a music change, so you know there's a boss coming, and it was all very ominous, so that was really good. And the artwork, um, the the concept art that you've that you've got up, because you you post a lot on your on your Instagram, so I, I suggest people go and follow Solar Sales on Instagram because you post a lot of your concept art on there, and it's fantastic, really really good detailed characters and horrible bosses that you've got up there. <laughs> so you seem to be really you know, keen and focused on making sure that you are producing content regularly um, for people to see and get excited about the game. Yeah, we uh, we have to, we're focusing, you know, uh, as I said, we're making, you know, uh, an interesting world, you know, we focus on exploration. So so we want to, to make the world uh, the world interesting to explore. Like, for example, if, if, uh, if we gave up, you know, we actually wanted to make a multiplayer game, but we gave we gave we gave up on that idea because multiplayer uh, is very difficult to, to develop, you know, in terms yeah. of programming. So, but but if we, if we were making an uh, a single player game, then it needs to be a good game. It needs to be game worth playing. So we are focusing on actually making some good content, interesting, yeah. you know, something right. that stands out. Yeah, and it shows. And again, it it looks very unique as well. The art, you know, the style of the game looks unique you can you know you see a picture of it you can instantly tell it's your game you know which is always a good starting point yeah yeah actually uh, uh not just characters but also you know the look and feel we tried to achieve here uh, and the sound design uh we wanted something very uh, distinguishable uh like you know we're often associated with uh with treasure planet and yep. it's fine yeah. i mean I mean, of course, the, 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 there will always always be people like you know. Now you're copying uh, Treasure Planet, but you know, but most most of the people see that uh, that we're inspired by, but we're we're you know making things. Yeah, of course. I mean, of course, you got to be inspired by stuff. Again, it's like yeah. you don't say that to every platformer. It's like, oh, you're just trying to be Mario. Yeah, I mean, you just of course you're inspired by stuff. That's what makes you want to make things. So it's, it's yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, just you know, just uh, just uh, to let you know that uh, no, ma- no matter what game you make, there will always be people who who say uh, you're copying this, you're copying those. Uh, and the more the more people are, the more people people see your game, the more of those comments you will get. I, I mean, even if, if even if you're good and, and you're not really copying anything, people will, will say you do. But but you know, it's fine. It's, uh, yeah, it's part of thing. it. Yes, yeah, of course. Um, yeah. So, um, jumping back a little bit again. Sorry, there's so many, so many interesting bits here. How have you done? How have you included the one-player and two-player campaign? Like, is there is the two-player part of the game? Is it just is it a separate part of the game, or can you play the one-player game with two people? If you don't know I mean, how, how have you how have you sorted that out? Oh, yeah, that, that's an interesting question, and we had a lot of debates about it. So basically, <laughs> uh, basically, uh, right now, uh, and I think it's it, it's a good choice. Is that technically the game you always play single player, like like you always play one player. There is no such setup, you know, uh, for two players. Okay, you play one player, and whenever whenever you want, you can you can plug in uh, Xbox an Xbox controller. Uh, or two Xbox controller, and the game will automatically uh, adjust itself, you know, uh, in terms of uh, UI and, and and some you know control buttons. And so, so basically, the, the game you can you can plug and unplug controllers, and it will uh, it will you know uh, 
direct the, the, the input source, you know, from controllers to, to mouse and keyboard. Amazing. So, so it's, it's uh, automatic. So, so if, you, if you're playing campaign and suddenly you have a friend coming by, you can simply, you know, give him a controller, plug it in, and you can continue playing, you know. Yeah. It's like, it's, like, it's like playing Sonic and Tails. You can just, yeah. the second person can just take over Tails and do stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't even need to, you don't even need to pause the game, actually. It's amazing. Like, yeah. It's uh, and, of course, that's going to be local only, I assume. You can't, I don't know how you do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's local only. As I said, it's single player because making a multiplayer right. game is like take all all the scope and and multiply it by by five <laughs> at least. Because you know, making a multiplayer game is very difficult. Okay, so let's go let's go a bit more into the the technicalities of, of what you're doing. Uh, which platform are you using to develop it on? Which which engine is this running on? Uh, it's uh, Unity, of course. Oh, Unity. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's Unity. And uh, the platforms we're releasing our game, uh, first of all, it's of course Steam. It's a, it's a PC game. We're planning since our game is playable by controllers, so we also want to uh, to port them to you know to consoles, to PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo Switch. And which it, it will take it will take time, but we're developing the game you know uh, initially to, to be able to fit those consoles, like you know in terms of hmm. uh, controls and UI UX. Yeah. Um, so for, for now, uh, you can play the game with uh, Xbox controllers, but we're also working on including uh, PlayStation controllers, for example, and and, and Switch. Uh, so uh, yeah, we we want to make it as as much versatile as as possible, uh, but we we will not include uh, mobile platforms for now because uh, yeah. I think uh, it's it, it won't fit there. Just no, I, uh, I mean it can technically fit there, but but uh, the game the gaming experience will be much different, and the game will not be that you know fast paced uh, as as it could be uh, on uh, PC and consoles. Yeah, I can I can understand that definitely. Um, so what about I had a question then, and it's it's just left my brain. Um, we were talking about. <laughs> I always do this about halfway through. I have a question that just completely vanishes from my head. I can tell you something about you know the content will be will be in the game. Yeah. So first of all, uh, it's uh, as I said, it's gonna be uh, around the story. Okay. And uh, the story will be uh, like you know a traditional adventure. So you have uh, those pirates. Okay. We have uh, we have. Uh, a captain, you know, a self-loading uh, old douchebag, like you know, like, like uh, Rick from Rick and Morty, but but not, not smart as Rick. Like he's not the genius. He's just he's a drunk douchebag, and uh, and he's also you know uh, far-sighted. So uh, he had a parrot which uh, died in combat. Now he has a duck <laughs> on his shoulder, and he still believes it's a parrot. And his team doesn't really doesn't really want to tell him about that it. That makes sense now. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we have uh, we have a, a time traveling duck. Okay, uh, the thing is, uh, uh, basically, uh, the galaxy is going to to die, to be consumed by an, a world eating spaceship, a giant world eating spaceship. Spaceship. So basically, the duck is from the future, and he knows how to stop it. Okay, 
So uh, basically, we need to to uh, to use the, the memories of this duck to find uh, ten uh, elements to forge a very powerful weapon and stop this uh, menace. Okay. And the problem is, of course, that it's just a duck, so it can it can you know point uh, somewhere on a map and quack, and that's it. He he can't really go into detail what's ah. weighing <laughs> us there. We never know. <laughs> And so yeah, basically, basically it's a story like uh, a story of uh, of uh, redemption kind. So for example, uh, our pirates are you know pirates greedy. The, the, so they're the, they're looking, they're making a living from uh, selling uh, alien technologies, finding ancient alien technologies and selling them on on the black market. So so they found something really ancient and you know you basically you probably know it from you know from uh, movies uh, of, of uh, some ancient myth uh, from you know ancient egypt or anything like you know ancient that something Thank should you. not be awakened okay so they didn't follow this rule and they awakened something really really terrible terrible that's going to destroy the galaxy so basically we have the duck from the future to start it the, yeah, the the duck. Uh, he actually uh, lived through this uh, end of the world many many times, and now he's he you know he, he memorized where find those items. He he knows all their locations. So it's, it's basically <laughs> a GPS it. duck. Back to the future duck. <laughs> but in order, in order you know in order to for the duck to to remain alive because the captain wants to eat duck. So, so our team basically doesn't tell him it's a duck. So the, the captain believes <laughs> it's a parrot. Great. So, so you've got you've got a huge <laughs> world and story sort of um, being built up here, um, and obviously yeah. you've got lots of humor in there. Clearly, <laughs> actually, yeah, yeah, we have we have uh, like a race of uh, living uh, asteroids. Okay, like sentient living <laughs> asteroids who smoke stardust. <laughs> And uh, they go much into philosophical discussions. Like you know, imagine, yeah, imagine you need to to convince an asteroid, you know, uh, what's the purpose of life and all this stuff. Um, they're they're not uh, much into fighting, but they, they will sometimes. And also, we have uh, the flying spaghetti monster. Okay. <laughs> Uh, if you know, are you are you familiar with the Pastafarian? Uh, no, uh, yes, I am. Of course, I am. Yes, yes, of course. So, so a few months ago, uh, the Pastafarian community contacted us and asked uh, if uh, whether we can include the uh, the flying spaghetti monster into our game. Now, uh, it wasn't just a random thing because, uh, according to the Pastafarian uh, uh, Bible, called uh, the first, the very first humans introduced to flying spaghetti monster were, were pirates so uh, our game you know it has time traveling ducks and uh, <laughs> sentient uh, uh, you know start start smoking uh, asteroids so why not include you know flying spaghetti monster it's, it's a perfect fit so uh, long story short we have uh, the flying spaghetti monster as an npc gonna give us quests and you know it's it's also uh, we have an official collaboration with some Pastafarian churches uh, around the world, countries like uh, Italy, Taiwan, uh, I think uh, Germany, Germany, uh, and Syria, by the way. So uh, uh, yeah, but, but of course, you know, the game has humor. So so and uh, the, the flying spaghetti monster 
will not be exactly as it's, as it's uh, portrayed, you know, by the Pastafarian Church. It will undergo some, you know, some changes to fit the game because, you know, still it still need to, needs to be in the context of the game. Uh, but it will, you know, have some uh, some of the Pastafarian ideals. Oh, that's really good uh, that they've reached out to you. That's actually yeah. really interesting they reached out to you. So, I mean, if nobody knows what a Pastafarian is, yeah, it's like a, um, how to explain it? They're like a, a light-hearted view of religion. Is that kind of, it's like a light-hearted, I don't know how you explain it. Let's do a live, yeah. a live search. Uh, how do we explain Pastafarian? Pastafarianism, wow, uh, is a social movement that promotes a yeah. light-hearted view of religion and opposes the teaching of intelligent design and creatism. A creatism, I can't say that word in public schools. There you go. Uh, it's a satirical book written by yeah. Bobby Henderson. So there you go. But that's that's really cool. <laughs> they reached out to you and they want to be involved. And, uh, and it's good of you to include that in your game. It seems to fit perfectly with the with the direction of madness you were going down anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, basically, one of uh, one of my goals, you know, in this game is is to to make the game remembered as uh, as as one of the weirdest game they played. So so uh, we we actually want to make it like you know like a very weird yeah. fantasy. So is that the is that the uh, we're going let's say jumping around the questions a bit here. So is that the the feeling or the 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 idea that you want people to take from your game is you want them to play it and then think, what the hell is going on? This is amazing. Is that, is that what you want people to feel? Um, it's actually an interesting question. It's not just that. Okay. Are you familiar with the concepts of uh, postmodernism or metamodernism, for example? So, uh, in a nutshell, uh, postmodernism is more like you know a, a cynical approach, while metamodernism is a cynical or skeptical approach but with some uh, sincere underlying layer, okay? Uh, it, it, the perfect example is Rick and Morty. So basically we want to go uh, more like uh, Rick and Morty. So yes, we have this weirdness, like what the <laughs> fuck is going on? But, uh, but, but, but it's, it's not just, you know, it's not just humor for the sake of humor because we actually want some real, um, Real sincere uh, uh, messages uh, yeah. going on, you know, uh, underneath. Uh, but basically, uh, the game is focused mo mostly around the theme of uh, of letting go of the past. All, all the characters in our game, you know, the main characters and not even the main characters, but but you know, but uh, the races and even all the NPCs, you know, like, like the entire world is is focused uh, uh, around this theme of letting go of the past. For example. The, uh, the the sentient asteroids I've told you about mm -hmm. they're like you know uh, uh, they, they, uh, they have reached some kind of tranquility and now they are you know they, they don't care about anything they're, they're, they're high so <laughs> so they're like uh, you know uh, when you approach them and telling them look there, there's there's a huge menace it's going to destroy your your, your planet and they're like whatever dude we're stardust anyway <laughs> so this is this is their take on this theme and there's other race like insectoid uh, society you know of hard workers like you know like, like this, this hive mind of, uh, of some, some kind of corporation which works as a hive mind okay so they're like uh, they, they were they, they faced uh, ex almost extinctions from from humans so now they want want to take revenge okay so so 
they, for example, can't let go of the past. Also, you know, the, the captain, uh, he, he drinks a lot because, because he can't let go of his past, so, so he just tries to silence it, okay? So all of our characters and uh, and everything is in this world is, is around this scene. So if, if uh, uh, the first glance, it may seem like, like there is a lot of nonsense in the game, but if you dig deeper, you will see that the, the, they are actually uh, built around something. And this is this is the goal. So so it's not just you know being skeptical and cynical and and, and funny, but but to actually base this skepticism uh, on top of something really sincere. Hmm. That, so that's the idea. So how do you how do you show that there is a deeper meaning to the game without because the thing is with with humor, you know, a lot of people just take it at face value. And now is it? Whose whose job is it? Who's this is a, a theoretical question. Whose job is it to understand? That? Is it your job to sort of tell the person who's playing it that there is a deeper meaning, or is it the player's role to look into it and discover that there's more to it? I mean, just as a an idea, who do, who do you think is in charge of that? I think it's it's, it's both. It, it, it's our job, you know, to make it to make it better. Okay. Uh, and uh, but but we, of course we don't want to make it like you know like uh, to to shove it down down the player's throat. So we we do want to make it a, a little bit sophisticated, but not too much because we do want the players to understand that. So uh, if you want an example, well it's it's a bit of spoiling, but right. you know what we we'll call it an exclusive instead. <laughs> so basically, uh, the captain, the, the this powerful weapon to stop this menace. Is is an anchor. Is is, is uh, our captain? He, he doesn't have like his left hand is, is robotic. Okay, so he has this anchor attached to his hand, and this hand, uh, this anchor, has uh, you know ten slots uh, to to insert some you know some powerful uh, stones. Like, like you know like like Thanos uh, Thanos hand. You know th- th- yeah. Uh, his yeah 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 gauntlet. So uh, basically the same concept. Uh, and uh, eventually, uh, towards the end of the game, the captain will have to to let this thing go. Like like he has this uh, incredible uh, power with all the after he he has collected all the stones, but he would need to let it go. Okay, uh, he wants to use it to uh, to uh, uh, re- resurrect his uh, his uh, loved one, uh, but he he will eventually uh, will have to let it go. Now, uh, why anchor? Because anchor is usually symbolized as something that keeps us down. Okay, so so this is uh, some uh, visual uh, interpretation of something that you let go, and and uh, it will physically let the captain, you know, uh, escape. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's the release, isn't it? It's what an anchor is, weighing you down, um, and you just got to let go. So, so he will need to let it go because because this thing is his only chance, you know, to to resurrect uh, uh, his wife he he lost years ago, which is why he's drinking. So basically, uh, he has to give up his his only chance to to resurrect her, but let you know the other team members survive and and escape. And so basically, he gives up his past to to save his current. To, to save his present and future, and the anchor is a perfect uh, conduit, if you call it, uh, to you know to represent this uh, 
this this past. Yeah. It is. It fits perfectly. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, let's uh, moving on a tiny bit. Let's move on to to you a tiny little bit then. So now I normally ask what what made you get into game development, but I'm I'm changing ever so slightly, and I think it's probably more interesting. Which route did you take to get into game development? I think that's probably a bit more relevant to, for people. So if anyone's listening that is interested in getting into development and they want, you know, they want to know what your sort of the route that you took was, how did you get to where you are now into game development? Well, of course, I was uh, I was passionate with games since uh, since childhood. Uh, you know, yeah. I started with some programming courses and uh, some. Uh, uh, you know some uh, mods on Warcraft Three editor and you know Starcraft Two editor, and, uh, uh, you know even Age of Empires. So uh, I was always interested in that, uh, and my my favorite part was writing stories. So I kind of went you know went that road. Eventually you know when I when I grew up I decided you know to, to first I, I decided you know to to learn some. Uh, to learn game development, and uh, and simultaneously I tried myself in uh, in filmmaking. Okay, I made uh, two short films, and uh, I uh, you know I worked as a screenwriter for for something like a year. Oh wow! Um, yeah, but 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 then you know I decided to go back uh, to gaming. First of all, uh, game development is a bit more more stable than filmmaker. So, you know, oh wow! It's a financial <laughs> a financial financial factor is is still a factor. Uh, so so game development, even if it's not that stable, it's still more stable than filmmaking. And it's also you know you can you can make a game you know yourself all yourself solo. You can't shoot a film yourself. I mean it's technically possible, but but it's not like you know it's very yeah. difficult. Uh, which you won't say about developing games, uh, and also you know, uh, game gaming uh, is more you know it offers more creative freedom. Like you know, uh, if you, when you're shooting a film, uh, only like you know, ten percent of all the people involved in in the process of, of you know of shooting a film are actually doing something uh, something interesting and creative, and many other roles are more technical. Uh, in gaming, it's more like 50-50, okay? And uh, so, uh, basically, I started working uh, in the gaming industry, and, you know, first I worked uh, as a programmer because it's something uh, it's always in high demand. Um, I switched, you know, to technical artists, you know, some VFX. Uh, then I decided to go back to, to narrative. This is what, basically, I wanted to do all along, to write stories for games. Uh, so uh, kind of, kind of, uh, I, I, you know, I worked a bit uh, as a freelancer, uh, doing narrative, you know, writing quests and characters uh, here and there for different uh, companies. Right now, uh, uh, source sales is, you know, is is my opportunity for, you know, for for actual good storytelling and and world building. So yeah, so this is this is how I see myself and and another reason why you know why. I'm developing this game. Well, that's kind of that's a kind of that's an interesting answer because it it just I think a lot of people think that if you're going to become a game developer, then you have to kind of know everything about everything because you're doing it all on your own or with a very small team. But it's it does show you that 
you can really just focus on one area like say whether it's um, you know uh sound production or whether it's you know uh writing um or more programming stuff and you know you can find your way in you're focused on one main skill and uh, uh and actually, do, you know you don't think so um well you you can't really focus just on one thing you, you need to to be like you know you need to do more more than that for example as a narrative designer as a writer i still need to know you know programming stuff uh, because for example I, I can write some good dialogue okay but i need to know how it is displayed in the game i need to, you know to be more into into game design uh, into into programming or like you know at, at least on some basic level uh, because many times, as I said, when you're developing games, you won't have that large team, you know, you won't have like uh, hundreds of people working on the same game, especially in indie, in indie game development. You're just, you know, you're either one man or you're a few people and uh, everyone should have, should take more than just one responsibility. And uh, I think, uh, you know, actually you, you need to be, uh, to have some other skills as well but you need you, of course you need to have that one skill uh, uh which is you know your your main skill yeah it's like i mean it doesn't like, it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be programming as your main skill i mean you know there, there are other main skills that you can be good at sure um, sure. Uh, no, and you can uh, you can yeah 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 artists you know uh, an artist to be a programmer but writers actually do usually they do need some basic programming skills uh, it may it may seem surprising, but but in this industry, uh, you know, unlike filmmaking, where film always needs you know a script. In gaming, some games don't even need scripts, don't need stories. Some games don't don't have stories. Yeah. So, so uh, writers often uh, like they're in much less demand than in in filmmaking. So so when you're a writer, if you want to make a living, you need to have some other skills, you know, for for bad days. Yeah, you know I mean? <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, that's again. That's still interesting because people like myself who have no, you know, I don't have any intention of making a game, but um, I have no particular skill in any area. So it's interesting to know if someone coming from from absolutely nothing, that you know, it is good to focus on. Obviously, you're going to have one main skill, but don't just lose yourself in the one skill. You know, try and branch out to understand as much as you as you can about. About the whole gaming process yeah sometimes you just have to okay <laughs> it's not like you know i really wanted to get all those skills i i had to it's, it's like yeah, no. yeah of course <laughs> yeah um, okay all right so what about troubles what have you found the most difficult part of creating solar sales so far you know what was the, the most difficult thing to do or or you know or or, or what is the the, the major difficulty uh, no, what have you found? You know, has anything gone wrong, or is, have you been stuck on anything particularly um, uh, while you've been developing? Well, the the number one uh, uh, difficulty is, you know, is uh, is motivation. Not 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 my motivation, but actually motivation of other people. You know, oh, okay. keeping keeping your team motivated is or even organized. It's a very difficult task. <laughs> it's one of the most difficult tasks. Uh, I mean, I mean, I actually look upon you know the the, the AAA games with their teams of hundreds of people, and I, I'm I'm thinking, what 
kind of people that there is a managers and mid managers need to be to keep things organized because you know especially when, when you're working you know programming uh, working with with other programmers you know uh, synchronizing your work is like you know it's it's a full-time job by itself just you know just the, the synchronization part and you know imagine you're a mid manager and you have like 20 people uh, you know under your uh, say responsibility and it's really i mean if, if you can survive in such large companies as, as a manager you can pre do pretty much anything so <laughs> management is is probably the most difficult part and 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 you know now now and on top of that add the the fact that the, that there is no budget okay so people work on their free time uh, so it's not like a full-time yeah. job and many times you know it's uh, it's not like you know people work in the same space uh, or even even the same time frame so it's very difficult to uh, to manage things this is probably the biggest challenge so far okay that's yes the first you're the first developer to say that the management you know of organizing everything is is the biggest problem which is probably because i think you're the biggest team that we've had on the show so far so i guess it goes you know the more know. people to manage the harder it, harder it can be i suppose yeah i, I know bigger teams and uh, they, they're doing a better job in you know in motivation <laughs> uh, but you know i'm looking forward for, forward to to learn from them you need a bigger stick that's what you need <laughs> <laughs> um and what about um i don't know if you mentioned what are you doing about marketing um do you have a marketing guy girl team are you outsourcing that or are you trying to do a little bit between you all or uh, have you even thought about it no well, we have actually a few people uh, who are dedicated to that the thing about marketing you know when it comes to gaming i mean an average game developer is like you know enters this industry or this this field you know to you know he wants to develop games he's like you know i have this idea this cool idea i want to make this game uh, and and people don't think about things like marketing okay people oh i know it's not <laughs> it's not what, what what people are are in it for so so as a result we don't have uh, much experience in it uh, like you know like like of course, of course, there are marketing professionals in this industry, but they came from. They're, they're not most of the time. They're not game developers. Okay, game developers are more into developing games, and marketing specialists. They are marketing specialists in other industries, uh, which migrated into into the gaming industry. Uh, that being said, we don't really have much experience in it. But you know we're learning, we're trying, but it's it's uh, it's it's difficult. It's really difficult. Mm. It's, it's actually that seems to be the biggest hurdle on with all the developers. And as I as I keep saying now, marketing begins on the first day, not release day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I mean, but again, I understand why why a lot of a lot of people struggle because it's not a skill that. You, you. Why would you have to? You, you know, why would you know how to send an an email to people? You know, it's not your job. It's not what you you've signed up for, is it? I mean, it's a completely different skill set. 
exactly exactly and and it's actually very time and effort consuming like you know sending yeah. email to the publisher it's it's something like you know you sit hours upon hours you know just writing that email to make it you know the the the, the most interesting and informative and but still keep it concise uh it's it's not easy it's uh, especially when you don't know what you're doing it's like you know you know, yeah. you might you might know how to develop a good game, but but you have you, you don't have a clue how to present it well, and it's a skill. It's 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 a learnable skill, but but it's not the skill uh, people are, are passionate to learn. It's more like you know a skill you need to learn. Yeah, and that's the well, difference. definitely, definitely, and it's becoming with each episode that I do it is always the number one problem. So there's definitely a. a a market for some sort of solution there for, for someone on someone to create anyway yeah um okay so what about again I'm, I'm slipping this one in how is your your gift production are you, are you creating lots of gifts to share online gift um uh, gifts as in yeah as in... I, uh, I haven't i haven't actually made many of them uh, i made a few for for our steam page uh by the way we have a steam page and uh, just just let you know Yes. Uh, yeah. So, so um, uh, I've made a few of them for Steam page, and actually learned a lot about their, you know, technical stuff like, uh, you know, optimization and resolutions and Steam requirements and you well, know, all that stuff. Well, they're very, they're very, very good for Twitter, uh, because because they auto play because videos on Twitter don't always auto play, so gifs. Are, are fantastic for that because they just repeat all the time of course so when you're scrolling through a news feed on twitter you know especially something with with all the colors and the sort of artwork that you that you guys have, have created it's going to be great for gifts because it's going to stand out straight away so just my advice and what i've seen from other people is is try and get those gifts out as often as you possibly can Actually, it's a, it's a very valuable information. I mean, I didn't know that. Now, <laughs> we, we, just, we just went uh, into Twitter like uh, maybe a month ago. So we didn't have... Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so we're still learning about this platform. So far, uh, I'm a bit disappointed with Twitter for its technical limitations. Uh, like you know, length of videos and I know it's frustrating, <laughs> and and you know, and the limitation of of words. Like I want to to make a, a large post, but no, no, you can't. Fit no. uh, into 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 two hundred uh, words or something like that. Yeah, but but that is also its biggest strength because when you're scrolling through, like people do, if you see a wall of text, if if you suddenly saw a whole wall of text, you, people are not going to read it. So it makes you chop out all the unnecessary stuff in your post and yeah, just give people those those key lines with a nice little gif and that, that has so much effect on people yeah, that's all you at, need them to do look at facebook facebook uh, actually has a very pretty good solution for that because it has you know some some bullet points it has this uh, more more text or less text option so basically you know it, it gives you like three four lines you know uh, on the heading and then you know the rest of the text goes into show more so so it's the same principle right yeah it's, it's yeah yeah but, but that's facebook yeah but but facebook actually allows, <laughs> allows you to put more text uh, while twitter does not 
so um, yeah, so so Facebook is is more convenient for that. Yeah. Uh, oh, of course it is. Of course it is. Um, but the 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 sort of indie dev community are actually pretty active and growing on Twitter. It is a it is a it's a very positive community. I will say as well. Um, a lot of the main hashtags, you know, indie dev, yeah, game dev, indie dev hour, all those types of ones, they get a lot of interactions, you know, and there's a lot of people regularly checking those because yeah. quite a few people aren't on Facebook, especially, I don't know why, a lot of developers don't seem to be on Facebook. I have no really? idea why. Yeah, it's quite, but they seem to be on Twitter. So, yeah, unfortunately, you do, <laughs> you do kind of need to cover all, you know, the, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You do kind of need to, to um, be on all three. Um, and obviously, it always does better if you post your content natively on each platform rather than create it on one place and then share to all three places because you normally just get a rubbish little link to go to, which people don't bother clicking unless it shows up in the Twitter timeline. They won't bother clicking a link because people, yeah. that's just the way Twitter works, unfortunately. Um, but definitely, definitely try try your gifts on there. You know, um, make sure you use the right hashtags, all those types of things. Um, and again, you can't you can't get it too wrong because you've only got two hundred eighty characters. So short, sharp, couple of sentences, uh, a nice picture or a gif, um, and a, and a few hashtags. Yeah, and... it's, it's actually a different approach because, for example, uh, on Facebook, on uh, on some you know indie indie game indie gaming uh, indie dev groups, yep. uh, some. Some uh, uh, moderators they require you to put more text, more information. For example, uh, I, you know, I, I want to post some concept art, and you know, I say, "Hey guys, this is uh, our new uh, ship, you know, design. What do you think?" And the more the moderator will be like, "No, no, no. Tell us what is the game. Tell us what. Who are you? Are, are you developing this game? And uh, what is yeah. the, the, the purpose of this ship in the game? Like, you know, uh, they actually require you to put more information and to and make the post, post bigger. And of course, of course, you also need to add, uh, you know, some hashtags and, you know, some stuff and links. Some, yeah. some actually require you to put, you know, links to your, uh, uh, to your game, you know, be it Steam or Facebook or Instagram or whatever. So the, the approach is, is different. It is different, but again, and they've both got their strengths, haven't they? Because Twitter is so limited in that sense, you can put up a post in 30 seconds and it will say everything you need it to say because you can't physically put any more. I mean, the only way you mean, what you can do, you can start your own thread. So you can just start off with, here's some information about the game coming up and then you just reply to your own post and then you just keep putting replies to that main post. And then you've got a big thread about the game, then so you can kind of do it like that if you want. Yeah, so, uh, I, I, I saw people doing that. It's, you know, <laughs> it's a bit of a bit of a hack. It's yeah. a bit messy, but you know the option is there. Uh, but it's just interesting how you do kind of have to learn, you know, all the platforms as well. It's another, again, it's another job, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, uh, managing social media. It's it's. It's a full-time job, and it's it's a very difficult one. Uh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so you mentioned that you have a Steam page now. Yeah. Uh, so where else are you most active? So where can we find out about the game, um, social channels, and all that stuff? Uh, you know, 
besides Steam, we have uh, you know we, we have pages on Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter, but but we are mostly active on Facebook. You know, we have our um, it's 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 our earliest uh, place. We you know we went on social media, so basically it's it's the most active one. While you know Instagram and LinkedIn are uh, relatively recent, and Twitter is is very recent, like you know like maybe a bit more than a month. Uh, okay. uh, but right now we're we're directing all people you know to our Steam page uh, because that's the that's basically our homepage you know. Steam. Okay. Oh, I've just seen your yeah yeah. Do you know what I knew this, but I've forgotten. Well, I've just seen that your uh, your company is Cosmic Duck Games. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so you know I wasn't following on 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 Steam there. So yeah, you have a follow and a wish list because I definitely want to play this more. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, when you say Facebook, do you mean the, so Solar Sales has got its own Facebook page? Is that where you want people to go to follow, to like that page on Facebook, or do you have a group? Uh, well, uh, if you want to follow, you know, our, um, you know, stay tuned to our updates, then then yeah, probably uh, you want to like our Facebook page. Um, if you want to to wishlist the game and have you know be tuned to our biggest announcements then yeah probably want to wishlist uh so so sales on steam okay yeah. so okay. of course you can follow other platforms like instagram or linkedin and yeah i do recommend the, the instagram because some of the artwork on there is fantastic yeah yeah we also have a discord basically We're actually ah, yeah, okay. trying to, to you know to make our community more active for now we we only have you know a small community and uh, some people following us, uh, but now we want to to bring all all development team uh, into Discord because you know we're we're used to to you know to WhatsApp, and this is a oh man <laughs> yeah I mean this is a this is a good thing for for everyday life everyday life communications it's much more convenient than, than Discord or any other platform, but it's not it's not the the best choice for like uh, a team with with sub teams because whatsapp you know you can you can open a group you can't open a group of groups no you can't no no discord you know i i i use discord as as almost like a messaging social media place i mean i've got i've got a load of friends who only use discord they don't have twitter they don't have facebook they don't have anything you know what and, actually i can tell you something funny okay yeah. Of course, uh, when we started Solo Sales, uh, all of our team were from Israel. Okay, so in Israel, we use WhatsApp as our different uh, de- uh, default app. Okay, so uh, now uh, the first time somebody uh, approached us uh, from, uh, I think it was from United States or from UK, uh, and uh, you know, I want I wanted to bring him aboard, and you know, I was like, uh, okay, I need your phone number because WhatsApp uses phone number. And he was like, "Wait, why do you need my phone number? <laughs> I, like, uh, I need to add you on on WhatsApp. Do you have WhatsApp? Wait, what is WhatsApp?" And I was like, "Okay, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I thought I was sure. Uh, like, you know, the, the the whole world uses WhatsApp, and I found out that, that, that I was wrong. And most of the world, as far as I've seen, use Discord for, for that purpose. So." So yes, yeah, so well, we want to transition to Discord because it's much more convenient, you know, in managing teams and being close, you know, to to the community. 
Yeah, of course. Well, it's, it's perfect. I mean, uh, have you ever used Slack at all? Yeah, Slack. Well, okay, Slack uh, is something I uh, use uh, at work. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I have a job. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Slack is more like, you know, a professional tool where you need to be active uh, all the time. And it's, it's, it's a closed system uh, and it's, it's built for that. But it's not yeah. really, you know, uh, I don't really want to force people to, to, you know, to download more apps on their phones. Yeah. Well, Discord, I think Discord is better yeah, than Discord, Slack anyway. Discord, Discord is a good one. Uh, Slack is more, you know, for, for, we don't use it, okay? But if if we establish a, a company, like, you know, uh, a real company with, you know, where people work as their full-time jobs, and yeah, definitely we'll use uh, Slack or Microsoft Teams or something like that. Well, I, honestly, I, I, I honestly think Discord is better than any of those. I mean, you can upload videos, you can upload pictures, you can screen share, there is, you can uh, you can do voice, you can do video calling each other. You know, it, it does yeah. pretty much everything. Discord, Discord. The problem with Discord is is uh, has some technical problems and limitations uh, of you know the size of the media you can upload, and sometimes it's uh, it's uh, you can boost your server though. Do you know that? Yeah, I can, I can, I can build. It's still, it's still kind of limited to, I think, uh, hundreds of megabytes. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the the final because you can boost it quite a few times to get to unlock the uh, the bigger file sizes um, and better audio quality. In fact, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and also, uh, for example, when you post uh, links uh, links from Facebook. And then it sometimes, many times, it doesn't generate uh, previews, you know, thumbnails. The thumbnail, yeah. Yeah, it, it has some problems which you won't have on, on Slack or Microsoft Teams because these platforms are, uh, you know, I mean, Slack and Microsoft Teams are more into like, you know, like they're for, for professional workplace. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, but, but Discord is, is more like, you know, like a hybrid. It, it can be used for professional purposes. It can be used for for you know managing community and for indies. And, yeah, and they are, they are updating it a lot as well. It, you know, it, new features are coming thick and fast to Discord. So, um, but yeah, okay, all right. Well, that was I say slightly off topic there. We went we went off way there. Um, what about release date? Do we have a rough release date for this game? Yeah, we are planning to release it. Uh, you know, uh, towards the end of twenty twenty nine. Like a, a year and a half from now, something like that. Uh, yeah, I thought you said twenty. I thought you said twenty twenty nine. Twenty 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 one. Sorry. Yeah. I was thinking, wow, this is a long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so towards the end of next year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and is there? Do you need any help? I mean, yeah, I know you've got quite a big team anyway, but is there anything that anyone listening um, can get involved in or help you out with? Well, uh, we're looking for, if, if that's the question, if we're looking for more people, then we could use some, you know, some uh, marketing or social media, people who have experience in that field. And mm-hmm. of course, we could use some programmers and technical artists. Okay. So if you do have any of those skills, it's definitely worth dropping you a message. Where would you like people to message you? Um, anywhere, Facebook, any of them. Uh, Discord, you know. <laughs> And we'll like just you know just uh, LinkedIn probably LinkedIn is the best way to find me. Okay, 
Well, we'll leave links to, to all the places uh, in the show notes, of course, as always. So uh, if you have any of those skills that might be needed and you're interested in the game, that would be a bonus, I guess. Uh, then head over there and uh, send in your details. Yeah. Um, okay. So, I mean, we've we've covered a lot already so far. Wow. What else? Is, is there anything well, is there anything that we haven't covered that you wanted to go into? Um, okay. Well, oh, actually, just a quick one here. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for people, you know, new game developers? I know we touched on it slightly earlier with your story of how you got there. But do you have a, a small piece of advice that someone's looking to get into game making that, um, that you could give? Yeah, yeah, actually, I have one. Uh, it's not, it's, it's very different from, from, you know, from what people you know, love to hear, like, you know, believe in yourself and all stuff. Uh, <laughs> my, my, my advice is something that uh, many people don't like, but I will say it anyway. So uh, basically, if you're a new game developer and you have an idea for, for that game you want to make, okay, because most of the game developers I know at least have that game they want to make. So if you have the game you, you, you dream about making, so just, just don't make it, okay? Uh, I mean, not, not when you're <laughs> a, new, a, new, a new game developer, don't make the game. Start from, from simple games, take an existing game, an existing idea, a simple one, add some twist of, of uh, your own and, and make it, you know, and finish it. It's important to finish games, to make, to take some smaller scope games and finish them and uh, get a job in the industry. It's very, very important. Like it's, it's a place where you can learn how, it, what it takes to make a game, how you make a game, you know, on a professional level. And uh, when you have uh, when you have those skills and we have this, this knowledge and experience, then get back to your to, to to your game you wanted to make all along, and then start making it. Now, why why is why is it important? Because then you will approach your game uh, uh, you wanted to make and make it better. Okay. And another reason is is that you, you don't it's not it's not the fear of wasting your idea. Uh, it's it's more like you know uh, the, if if you have that game you want to develop, usually uh, uh, the very reason you want to get into into the gaming industry. So this game, this idea is is pure. It, it's it's very authentical. It's something you're emotionally connected to. So uh, this is if 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 you if you do things professionally. You can actually make a very good game out of it. It's it's, it's the most pure idea you, you would ever have. So so that's why I think you shouldn't start with it. You should start with with you, you know, I mean you can you can first you know come up with some ideas of your own, but you should definitely try to start with existing games because uh, you know you need to learn how things are done and and you need to to learn the process. You need to, to, to find out if you can actually enjoy the process. Maybe maybe you're in, in, the, in, in this industry to, just to make your game, and it's not a good approach. You need to, to enjoy you know, the process itself. So you need to figure out uh, whether you will be enjoying making games, not making the game. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think that's fantastic advice. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, uh, just get started. Save your amazing idea. For when you're at the point where you can give it, you know, do it justice. Learn yeah. the skills that you need to do. Learn the 
learn the process, learn, you know, all the things that you need, you know, learn marketing. So when you do create your game, you've got all these tools to, to give it the best chance of success. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's great. I, I think it, it, it helped me a lot, you know, this approach. And I saw people who took a different approach and they just, you know, they just gave up. I mean, they, they, they did a shitty game because your first game will be a shitty game. It's, it's like, <laughs> it's okay. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's the path to, to learning something. So, so they just, they just, you know, they, they, they put their, all their emotions into their first game and they failed. And they gave up. I mean, that's that's my advice to you know to avoid that. Brilliant, I love it. Okay, well that's that's awesome. I think that's everything that that we uh, have to go through. Um, unless there's anything you wanted to, anything else you wanted to go over? I think we pretty much covered everything we needed. Right. Okay. Well, then uh, that I think that wraps everything up. So um, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a really really interesting chat. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. My pleasure. I enjoyed it as well. This podcast will be available absolutely everywhere, as always. It will be available on all of the platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, the Anchor website, you name it, it'll, it'll be there somewhere. Uh, so please make sure you head on to those platforms if you can leave a review. Now, this will be the this will be vital. This is vital for the podcast. If you can leave a review anywhere that you listen to it, it would help hugely. And uh, I'll read the review out on the following podcast. So... I don't know if that's a is that a selling point. Depends what you say in the review, I guess. Uh, so, if anyone listening wouldn't mind doing that, that'd be wonderful. Thank you very much. Um, and then we'll say goodbye. So, um, thank you so much, and I'll speak to you. I'll speak to you next time. Thank you, thank you too, thank you very much for uh, for inviting me. Uh, it's been a pleasure, and uh, I hope to to listen to this podcast as well. <laughs> that'd be great yeah. <laughs> and i'll um i'll link um i'll make sure i share the the gameplay video that i did um of of my epic boss battle with your your nightmare that you left me um uh, that would be great, that would be great. <laughs> so i'll link that out again i'll put a link in the show notes for everyone if you want to watch that and um i'm looking forward to the game man i, I really enjoyed well, you'll see in the video i really enjoyed my gameplay that i did so i can't wait for the release if you enjoyed it, then uh, we, I can proudly say we, we did our job. You did. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> cool, man. Okay, well, take care. I'll speak to you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that brings us to the end of episode number 15. Huge thank you to Yevgeny. Um, I really enjoyed the chat, so thank you very much. Please head over to Steam and wishlist the game or follow the game or whatever you want to do. Again, like I said, I do recommend you follow them on Instagram because the artwork is very nice for Instagram. So I, I would recommend heading over there and following them on there. Now, as always promised, I did say I would always read the reviews out that you leave me. And now I've figured out the weird review system in Apple, which actually now I've figured out how to leave international. I can read international reviews now where I was stuck to UK ones. So anyway, I'm, not gonna, I'm only going to do one, but one episode. So I'm just going to re read one review out right now for you so we've got a five out of five stars on apple so thank you very much and this is from odin kong from the united states he says or she i'm going for he um it's a great podcast to learn about indie games you may not have heard of it's also wonderful for learning about how to make and publish an indie game the sound quality on the podcast is superb the host is funny and inquisitive if you're a gamer 
interested in indie games or a developer, you should subscribe and listen to all the episodes right now. There we go. So thank you so much, Odin Kong, for that review. And you left, left that back in March. So I apologise for the delay. But like I said, I've signed up to a service which I had to pay for. I mean, can't, I don't know what Apple are doing. So I, so I should get the the reviews emailed to me as soon as they go live now. So if you want to leave a review, please do. It helps the show massively. Um, and I just want to get this show exposed to as many people as, as possible, really. If you know anyone who, who might like the show, then please please tag me um, on Twitter or social media and uh, share the uh, share the indie action. That'd be fantastic. And that's the end. We have the next guest already lined up and we're heading to the far distant lands of Australia. The first Australian on the show. So we are... I need to keep... I actually would like a map of all the guests. That'd be very cool. I need a world map with everybody's pinpointing them. But anyway... That's totally irrelevant. So thank you so much for listening. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Please let me know if you've got any feedback. Please send any feedback in. You can email me, indiegamex at gmail.com. You can find me on all the social media, which you've probably seen already. But if you've got any questions or if you want to ask any developer questions, then please send the questions in and I'm happy to ask them. Other than that, take care. I'll see you next time. Goodbye.